Welcome to Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert. I'm a lifelong horse person and professional equine nutritionist with the goal of helping horses and their humans create balanced diets to set them up for success, no matter what age, discipline, or circumstance. Disclaimer, the information discussed here is based on current scientific research and is for educational purposes only. Every horse's individual needs vary. This is not a substitute for veterinary medicine or nutrition consultation. Welcome back to Farm to Stable and Equine Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert, and this week is part two of feeding the performance horse. Now, I just want to remind everybody that what we're going to talk about here are very general guidelines, and I say this frequently, but every horse is an individual. And even though I'm going to talk about some different disciplines and some general guidelines, it doesn't mean that it is right for your specific horse. So we're talking in general terms here just to illustrate uh, some differences in how you might feed a horse competing in, for example, endurance different than you're going to feed a racehorse. So let's get into it. As I've alluded to, right, different forms of exercise demand different kinds of fuels. Now, it is not all or one. It's not a switch. It's not like turning on a light switch and we're going to do all carbohydrates or all fat. That's not how it works. But generally, you're going to fuel your horse for the type of work that they do. And in general, we'll talk a little bit about the muscle types your horse has, fast and slow work, and some sample diets. So let's start with muscle types. And don't worry if you're queasy. We're not going to show any weird pictures or anything. But just generally speaking, there are different types of muscle in the body. Type 1, type 2A, and type 2B. Now type 1, these are what we call your slow twitch muscles. And these are the muscles that help long distance endurance type of exercise. I'm going to jump to type 2B. These are your fast twitch muscles. They are short sprints. They use a lot of glycogen, which is stored glucose in the muscle in the liver. And the fatigue rate is pretty high, pretty quick. Right in the middle, you have your type 2A muscle fibers. So we call them fast twitch oxidative. So what does that mean? These muscles like both kinds of fuel. They have a moderate fatigue rate. They like a little carb, they like a little fat, and they're kind of in the middle in terms of, again, how fast they work to fatigue. So let's start with type 1 muscles. Again, your slow twitch endurance muscles. They're a little slower to contract and relax, but they are more precise movements. A little less powerful, but very precise. So think dressage, for example. They're narrow in their diameter. They don't narrow in diameter, not a ton of power, but they use, they have a very high aerobic capacity, meaning they use a lot of oxygen. So think about maintaining your posture or low speed activity, endurance work, even, uh, you know, your favorite lesson horse that's giving a lot of walk trot lessons. Now, next up, In the middle are your type 2A fibers, which we do call fast twitch fibers. They're great for sprinting, jumping. They are more powerful than your type 1 slow twitch. They're a little bit less resistant to fatigue, and they work both aerobically and anaerobically. So with and without carbohydrate, with and without oxygen, and they like to burn fat and carbohydrates. And then on the fast side are your type 2B fibers, also fast twitch fibers, These are your sprinting fibers, rapid acceleration, 
jumping, running that barrel pattern. Contraction is very fast. You need energy right now and you don't have time to wait for it. So these muscles burn a lot of glycogen, which again is your stored sugars. They're what we call anaerobic. They don't have time to wait for oxygen to get there. So they fatigue pretty quickly. Now, energy for muscle work, as we talked about, requires more than just few, uh, more than just fat and carbohydrates. You do need oxygen in most cases. Type 1 fibers are those aerobic ones, type 2A, kind of in the middle, type 2B, burning mostly carbohydrates and are mostly anaerobic. So what does this mean for the diet? So let's start with that anaerobic fast energy. You do, Again, you don't have time to wait. You got to get going right now. So carbohydrates, as I've said a few times, are stored as glycogen in the muscle and in the liver. And that glycogen breaks down very, very fast without the need for oxygen. It's quick, but it's inefficient. So if you're doing exercise and you start to feel that burn in your muscle, that's what's happening. That burn is, you feel that when your muscles start to get tired, they're burning that glycogen. And as a result, they're producing lactic acid. And that's that burn you feel. So that onset of fatigue comes pretty quickly. But it only takes a matter of seconds, one to five seconds to reach our maximum energy and power in some of that anaerobic work. You might guess that that fast energy is coming from your carbohydrates, your starches, your sugars, uh, grains are a good source, certain forages, less than grains, but still a part of the horse's diet. And what doesn't immediately get burned off after breakfast, say, kind of gets stored as glycogen for later use. Now, your aerobic work requires that steadier, slower energy release. So your endurance, your trotting, slow to medium speed canners. Fat is the primary energy source here. Now, notice I said primary. So again, nothing is all or nothing. It's not one or the other. Glucose or glycogen may also be mixed in here. But as I talked about last week, fat yields about two and a quarter times as much energy compared to the same amount of carbohydrate. It's very energy dense. But as I just said, that carbohydrates burn very, very quickly in a matter of seconds. To burn fat, it can take up to 30 minutes to reach your maximum power from that energy source. So that's quite a difference. So if you think about a racehorse, they are long done in the cool down process, 30 minutes after their peak energy, right? But if you are taking a riding lesson, perhaps that's not the case. Perhaps maybe you warm up in some flat and you do some jumps or you ride some patterns. A little bit of a different story there. So that slow work energy, predominantly from fat sources, and again, the body does not just go from one fuel to another. It's always using both. And it is a balance. But the type of exercise being done may use more of one energy source than another. So therefore, again, the type of diet or the type of exercise is important for fueling the diet. Now, at the end of last week, I mentioned about the workload that a horse is doing, and the National Research Council has set some guidelines for that in their 2007 publication. And I do think a lot of people do tend to overestimate the amount of work their horses do. So if you have a horse in light work, just to remind you, uh, it's more like one to three hours a week. Maybe it's half of that is trot. Uh, maybe 40% is walk, maybe a little canner or a, a cross rail or a small jump or a small something thrown in there. Medium work, more like three to five hours. Again, maybe half trot, maybe a little less canner, maybe a little, uh, I'm sorry, maybe a little less walking, a little more canner, a little more of those 
uh, harder efforts. Heavy is going to increase four to five hours, maybe half trot, 20% walk, maybe 15% canter, more jumping, more patterns, etc. Very heavy work. These are your elite uh, these are your elite endurance horses, your race horses, your high-level eventers. So chances are, uh, even if you are training and competing regularly, we probably wouldn't consider your horse in very heavy work unless they are one of these, uh, you know, race horses or high-level eventers. Most horses fall somewhere between light and medium, uh, and again with some at the higher levels in the heavy category. So considering fast and slow work. And that combination of aerobic and anaerobic work. I want to take you through some sample diet scenarios. Now, again, these are very general recommendations to just kind of illustrate a point here. So let's start with that racehorse. How are we going to feed that animal who is running at top speed, peak performance, and training to be able to do it? We want to minimize excess weight, but we don't want that horse to be undernourished or underweight. We've got to give them sufficient stores of energy so they have enough to burst around the track in a short amount of time. We've got to provide them electrolytes so that their muscles can contract and relax properly. We talked about that last week. And of course, these horses still need fiber for their overall digestive health. So the thoroughbred racehorse has roughly one and a half to two times the requirements from a calorie standpoint, of a maintenance horse. And they're consuming a lot more calories, but we they're not gaining weight. Why? Because they are burning a tremendous amount of energy and energy stores. Racing is short-term, high-intensity, anaerobic, fast work, and it relies on the stores of glycogen uh, for those muscles to work. So having a racehorse on an extremely low-carbohydrate diet may not be uh, the best thing. That said, uh, it's all about balance. So we aim with the diet to provide them sufficient nutrition and maximizing glycogen stores. Now, horses are not the same as humans. Surprise, surprise. Horses cannot carb load. So if you or a friend uh, is a marathon runner, for example, very often the night before, these athletes will have a large carbohydrate-heavy meal, such as a pasta or something of that nature. You can't do that with a horse. You can't all of a sudden dump a bunch of carbohydrates in front of a horse to carb load them. Horses take longer to restore glycogen and to build it up in their muscles and their liver after intense exercise. We don't 100% know why, but we're getting there. Some research is out there. I'm not going to get into it, but you cannot carb load a horse the same way a person does. It can take a horse two to three days to restore glycogen in their muscles. So high starch and sugar diets are not necessarily better. They could pose other risks, especially uh, for gastric ulcers, but you you do need to still provide them in the diet. So again, we start with forage. And many racehorses, hopefully they're getting at least 55 to 65% of their diet as forage. Alfalfa does tend to be higher in energy and protein, and the higher calcium in alfalfa can help to buffer their stomach too. High quality grass hay also works. We feed racehorses energy-rich grain concentrates. They have to. They need that to sustain the work that they're doing. And very often, it can be 
34 to 45 percent of their diet. So for a thousand pound horse, they can be eating up to 15, sometimes even more pounds of concentrate per day. Now, admittedly, as a nutritionist, that makes my my heart beat a little quickly. But when you really think logically about how much energy these horses need, it's uh, like, you know, Olympic athletes. There was a swimmer who announced his diet and how many calories he ate a day. And everybody went, whoa, something like a human consuming 20,000 calories a day. But think about how much work that person is doing. And without it, they wouldn't be able to perform. So in a lot of racehorse feeds, you'll see grains, you'll see corn, oats, uh, barley sometimes, molasses, fat for energy and calories, and protein, of course, to support their muscles. Electrolytes, we talked about these last week, are going to help promote hydration. Without electrolytes, water's just going to pass right through. So you need electrolytes to help restore the water balance in the body. Free access to salt and fortified green concentrates are helpful. Supplementing electrolytes pre- and post-workout as needed. Usually it's, again, more than just water. So let's look at a sample diet for a thoroughbred racehorse. So these horses hopefully have alfalfa hay offered at all times and maybe 14 pounds of a racehorse feed offered in three to four meals per day. Because remember, let's say that horse is a thousand pounds, anything more than about four to five pounds of concentrate in one meal can put them at higher risk for digestive upset. So these horses are already under tremendous amount of stress. So we want to try to spread that out as best as possible. Of course, an electrolyte supplement as needed, salt block, fresh water. Now let's talk about a barrel racer. So these horses, similar to race horses, right? They have to burst out of that gate and go as fast as they possibly can. Then they have to stop, turn, and do it again around the pattern. So they need proper energy as well without excess weight. They still need quality forage and their hydration. And consider their workload and their training schedule. They need quick, short bursts of energy. They have to not be too heavy so they can remain agile and reduce the stress on their joints. Now, they're not working at the same distance as a racehorse, but their training intensity could probably, in some cases, be considered moderate to heavy. So that is an important consideration as well, along with breed, metabolism, other things. So we always start with forage, no less than 50% of the diet. Again, ideally closer to 70%. And for a thousand pound horse, that is a range of about 10 to 17 pounds per day, 50 to 70%. And additional calories are potentially needed to support that workload. Again, a grain concentrate with moderate starch and sugar, somewhere between 20-25%, a moderate fat concentration, maybe between 6 and 10%, and good quality protein. And by good quality protein, I mean protein that contains your essential amino acids that the body can't produce, lysine, methionine, threonine, things like this. And feeding that product according to the instructions that the manufacturer has put that product on. So let's take a sample diet for that barrel racer, assuming 1,000 pounds of body weight. Hay and forage offered uh, at all times or at least every four hours. Moderate energy grain concentrate, maybe 6 to 10 pounds of a 12% protein concentrate, maybe 10 to 12% fat, 25% carbohydrates offered in two to three meals per day with free choice salt and fresh water. So again, general, not all horses are going to need that much grain concentrate. It's just, again, an example. So next up, Let's talk about a show hunter. So we've got to maintain this horse in good condition, 
nice muscle tone, even temperament, while keeping forage consistent, especially when traveling. And that's going to be true of any horse that's traveling for competition. Again, we start with forage, no less than 50% of the diet, ideally more, 70-75%. Now, depending on the breed, the hunters, of course, comprise, there's a lot of different breeds of horses you might find in the hunter ring, and they're all going to have different metabolism. Um, but when you travel to a show, I do recommend, if you're staying overnight, uh, bringing at least some of your hay from home. Why? We know that sudden changes in horses' diets put them at risk for digestive upset. And that includes the hay. So if you're traveling to a horse show and planning to buy all your hay there, that is a hard change. And now you're going to go and expect this horse to perform at their best. So at least if you can bring some hay with you, because packing, I know, can take up a lot of room, at least bring some to mix in, that is going to be supportive of your horse. It's not going to prevent the risk, but it's going to help and you can mix it in with whatever you get at the show. Now, some horses are easier keepers than others. And unfortunately, sometimes overweight horses are rewarded in the show ring, but it's not necessarily what's best for them. So we start with forage. And if they don't maintain their body weight on forage and a ration balancer, then we talk about adding in a grain concentration with maybe low to moderate starch because we want horses to, again, these hunters to have a nice even temperament. Moderate protein, somewhere 8 to 14%. Fat, again, the same. Some, any, it could be anywhere from 6, 2 to 3% to 6% to 12%. You would go higher fat for your harder keepers lower fat for your easier keepers. And your easier keepers, again, may only need a ration balancer along with their forage. So sample diet for our show hunter. Assuming a thousand pound horse, good quality forage, 12 to 18 pounds per day, maybe five to seven pounds of a concentrate that contains 12% protein, 10% fat, maybe 20% starch and sugar. Again, just an example. And of course, plenty of fresh water and salt. Now, for all of you endurance fans out there, you're up next. Endurance is an incredibly demanding discipline. I do not have experience riding endurance, but I have friends that do. And these horses need to eat during competition. Um, similarly, uh, people that participate in some of these triathlons and these long bike rides, you can't just ride your bike for 100 miles and not refuel your body along the way. Hydration and electrolyte status is key. And following competition, the horse can maintain their normal diet. But hydration is key. Sweat losses are high, especially if the temperature is warm. And electrolyte imbalance, as we talked about last week, can cause poor muscle performance. So water and electrolytes and feed need to be offered at rest stops. So this is the reason why they have vet checks at these rest stops, to make sure that the horse is not experiencing any of these uh, muscle problems. You've heard of a condition called thumps uh, to do with the diaphragm and an irregularity in breathing. And that is largely due to improper electrolyte balance in the body. Again, not going to get too far into that. But many endurance horses are Arabians. Arabians are known for being really good at going long distances. And Arabians tend to be easier keepers. They tend to be very sensitive to starch and sugar. I know several of them that are super fit and also very insulin resistant. So it's important to know your horse's status. Now, they still may need energy 
beyond what forage provides. Uh, and again, fat oil can make up part of the diet. Fat supplements can sometimes be more palatable than just dumping oil on whatever grain concentrate they get. Forage supplements, beet pulp, hay cubes, pellets. You know how much I love beet pulp if you listen to the podcast at all. Um, low to moderate carbohydrate or high fat grain concentrates are very often supportive of endurance type of exercise. Uh, carbohydrate concentrates in the range of uh, mid-teens, 15 to 20%, higher fat as well, 8 to 14%. And again, Let's talk about a sample race uh, endurance horse diet. Now, remember, it is not recommended to feed a concentrate meal within three hours of a race. And that has a lot to do with how the horse absorbs that energy and peak insulin. Because insulin is going to drive energy into the muscles. And if you want that horse to perform, you want to make sure you have passed that point and you're not actively trying to suppress and use energy. So pre-ride, you want to start that horse fully hydrated and perhaps lighten up the training for a few days prior to the race. Horse should have high forage intake and their normal grain meal the night before if the horse consumes grain regularly. During the ride, obviously water frequently, electrolytes can be added to the feed, added into the water, as long as it doesn't discourage eating. So if your horse doesn't like things mixed into the water, not going to be a good option, but mixing it into the feed or uh, dosing it another way is helpful. There's no hard and fast rule about what to feed during a race. Very often it's about what the horse will eat. And of course, if grazing is available and the horse is used to that, a little bit of that can be helpful as well. After the ride, of course, offer water immediately. If the horse drinks readily, give electrolytes, free choice hay. Uh, after the horse has cooled down a little bit, a small grain amount of grain concentrate, if that's part of the normal diet, providing electrolytes over the 24 hours that follow a race, and rest, light turnout for a few days. And then the normal diet resumes post race. But rest is important for muscle recovery. And as I mentioned earlier, it takes the horse a couple of days to replenish the energy stores in their muscles. So it is important to allow them the time to do that. All right, we're going to move on to Western pleasure here. So a lot of these horses are in light to moderate work. Many of them are quarter horses, Appaloosas, paints, uh, not all of them, but many of them. We always start with forage. And if they are in light work, if they're working one to three hours a week, half of that trot, maybe 40% walking, 10% cantering, that's a consideration. Again, some are in the moderate category, which would be uh, a little more, um, a little more trotting, a little less walking, a little more cantering or other activities. So these horses may or may not need to concentrate. Depends on the animal, but balance, as we know, is key. So we always want to start with forage and maintain body condition. If more calories are needed, similar, similar kind of thing. We want these Western pleasure horses to be calm, cool, and collected. Fat supplements are usually the go-to for extra calories. Low to moderate starch grain concentrates, if those are necessary. And by that, I mean below 20%. Uh, low to moderate fat content could be 3 to 8%. Ballpark, something like that. So for your sample Western pleasure horse here, we've got free choice hay, good quality grass hay. Hay nets, if needed, if the horse is an easy keeper and you need to watch weight, then some of the slow feed hay nets can be helpful. If not, and you need a little extra, maybe a fat supplement, a small amount can enhance coat and skin condition, like say in two ounces or so of oil, but a larger amount, if 
that horse needs to gain weight or has trouble maintaining weight in addition to their concentrate. One to two pounds high protein ration bouncer per day, free choice water and salt. Uh, and that is just a sample diet for uh, a horse like that. So in summary, in case you didn't pick up on it, all horses need a forage-based diet. I think I say that every week. The balance of fat and carbohydrates may depend on type of work. It is not all or nothing. It's not all one or all the other, but the balance, again, you may feed more carbohydrates to a racehorse and maybe a little more fat for calm, cool energy to a Western pleasure horse. You still want to maintain that ideal body condition. On a scale of one to nine, ideally you're around uh, probably a four if you're a racehorse or in a high level eventer, maybe a five if you're a hunter or a Western pleasure horse. Once you start to get above, once you start to get seven and above, your horse is overweight and likely at risk for other problems. So you really got to keep an eye on them. If you're traveling for competition, bring at least some hay from home or some forage source that your horse is used to getting every day. Involve a nutritionist. Really, we're here to help you (laughs) and help your horse make sure they have the best nutrition possible to do what you're asking them to do. You invest time in training and veterinary maintenance and farriers and everything, and nutrition is just as important. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to some of these examples, again, examples of how we might feed horses working in different ways. Of course, one more time, every horse is an individual and the examples given here are not necessarily uh, right for uh, the particular type of horse, but it's just to give you an idea of how differently we might consider a diet based on the type of work a horse does. So hope you enjoyed listening. Feel free to send some topic ideas to equine nutrition PhD at yahoo.com and go enjoy your horse. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. Please share and subscribe if you found the content interesting. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send it to equine nutrition PhD at yahoo.com.